What's good, y'all? My name is Dylan Green, and this is Real Notes, a space dedicated to blurring the cultural and artistic lines between rap and film. I'm here to chop it up with everyone from rappers and producers to journalists and video directors about their relationship to movies and how, if at all, film inspires their craft. My guest this week is Oklahoma City-based rapper, director, photographer, and clothing designer Grand National. We spoke about the Criterion Collection, Nat's experience working on the set of a Martin Scorsese movie, the origins of his clothing line Cash Only, how Nipsey Hussle inspired his work ethic, Oklahoma hip-hop, participating in the creation of Fire in Little Africa, and the creative process behind his latest project, 328i, and its self-directed accompanying short film. Come fuck with us. What's cracking? Welcome back. Um, real notes train leaving the station type shit. Um, we're back. I'm still getting used to doing this again after being off for two weeks. I guess I just shouldn't take breaks. I don't know. Like, I guess that's just what happens in my brain. But uh, what's it called? Dylan, Cinema Sci. Uh, I got a lot of names. I'm all over the place. Those are two of my shits. Um, but today, uh, you know, we're we, we, like we've already been going for like five minutes. Y'all probably won't hear that though. But like, <laughs> I've been um. Uh, I got somebody. I got somebody really cool on here today. This guy's a rapper. He's um, he's a clothing designer. He's a filmmaker. He just directed his first thing. Like that's fucking crazy. He's been all over the place. He's on fire in Little Africa, the great Oklahoma scene. Fila joint that dropped earlier this year that um, I was around for, which I'm still super grateful for. But um, this is Grand great. National. We got fucking Grand National in the house. He's 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 been all over the place, and we got a lot of shit to talk about. So, bro, thank you for coming on, man. Hey like, man, I appreciate you having me. When you know when I heard, I'll say, I said, Dylan's doing a podcast about rap and film. I said, I do those daily. I said, I need to go fuck with him. You know what I'm saying? I said, I would love to talk film and nerd out over stuff that people like and what I like, and just you know, just you know, commune with my with my brother. You know? Hell yeah, bro. Yeah, and it's been a while. I haven't. You, you were saying this off camera, but I haven't seen you in a year. You've been you've been going crazy. Yeah, since March so twenty. Yeah, man. Uh, no, it's been it's been a hell of a uh, ride, man. I didn't directed my own short film just recently. Just got off of a film with Martin Scorsese, Killers of the Flower Moon, uh, where I was mm-hmm. doing lighting. You know, uh, I've been doing lighting all year, just learning how to better my films and make better films. So that's been a, a quite the journey. Uh, shot my first short film while being on that Martin Scorsese film. Like I oh I shit. Took I took off a weekend. Like I took off a Friday because we only work Monday through Friday, and uh, I just like shot my shit. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all the way to Monday, like four or five o'clock that next morning, you know, and then went back to set again. So uh, it's just been a, a great learning opportunity being next to like uh, people in the industry and learning like, oh, okay, this is how y'all really do it. And is applying that knowledge and just trying to run with it. You know? And it's like, and making stories that appeal to like people that look like me and stories that are for people that look like us, you know, so felt and nah that that's like we really we really can't get enough of that shit and i've been thinking about that a lot too because um because um van peebles just passed away a couple weeks ago i don't think i got to talk about that on here because i was on break but like rest in peace to fucking melvin van peebles like first and foremost so like first black filmmaker yeah out there yeah yeah, i mean like it's it's few and far between yeah man uh, in this industry Yeah. And yeah. And like, he was the, he was the first one who really like went for it in that way. Mm -hmm. And like he did, I just, um, just yesterday, uh, the Criterion collection did, um, they had a flash sale and I grabbed, yeah, I grabbed the fucking five essentials. Like, 
had to had to had to i love the criterion collection man i watch i watch something like my goal for the rest of the year is like just watch two new films um every day uh just two new films you know just seeing like looking up the director and saying okay and just seeing their style of uh shooting and directing and just really emerging myself into more films that i Usually, because I didn't grow up like this, this film auteur, like I want to look at every fucking film. I just liked what I liked, you know. But yeah. now I want right, to venture out, see what else do I like, you know. All right. So, so okay. So in that case, I'm going to ask you a slightly different version of the question I ask everybody who comes on here. What was okay. the last Criterion movie that you watched that you had a real strong opinion about? Um, Black Girl. It's called the Black oh, Girl. Oh yeah. I yeah. yeah. Tell me, tell me, tell me what you thought about it. Man, I thought it was a strong case, you know. It's like you have this woman from like uh she was from uh Senegal, um, black woman. You know, at, at that time when you just like stand, they would just stand on the corner to try to get work from like these white people be their maids and stuff. So I guess this white woman came on an assumption to be she needed a caretaker for her children. So she found this girl, you know, the girl, she picked this girl out of all the girls and bring them back to France or whatever and like she stays with them and like she ends up like cleaning up their shit because the kids went back from whatever they was from you know and she ended up like and I guess this uh the wife was promising yeah I'm gonna take you shopping in France you know you're gonna get to do this and do this and she never got to experience those things so she just was like kind of just kept in the house like a slave and she was like in it she narrates this the whole movie, like how she's feeling, like, oh yeah, she promised me this, promised me that, and then never ended up getting to do it. And I was like, that was a, it was just a strong movie for me. I was like, oh, and it was in black and white, so I love, I love a good black and white film too. But it just really had a, uh, it really captivated me when I watched that. And I watched it like at four o'clock in the morning, fucking high shit. Damn, like, oh. wow. That's wild because like that's a it's like it's not a it's, it's not like a feel good type of movie like it doesn't end good like it, it's just it's all <laughs> I know bad she, all the time like, and I was not expecting man. that and I was like damn I said that shit is wicked but that that was the last one that just had like a strong one other than that I said another good movie I didn't know about is the movie Thief uh, it's a Robert Mann movie I believe no nah, uh, I haven't seen that one. That one, I was like, just the way it looked, and the you know the dialogue and the camera movement, I was like, that's a good ass film. Like they did that thing. I said, how did I didn't know about this? I'm all for a good like gangster mob type movie, but it's mm-hmm. it's still between my cracks. I didn't I didn't get that one, but it's good. Oh, that's tight. Okay, I gotta add that because um, I think the I think the last Criterion movie I kept I, I caught was um I found the Elephant Man at Barnes and Noble, the David Lynch one, and. And his old creepy ass movies he made. <laughs> yeah. And and it's crazy because that's like the least it's like the most normal movie he's oh ever made. That, that that isn't like maybe Dune. I don't know. But like Dune's <laughs> good. Yeah, it, it, it's just like because like it's still out there and weird, but like, you know, you compare like Elephant Man to like Eraser Head, and it's like or or or, or even like Blue Velvet. Like yeah. like like Blue Velvet's kind of crazy too, but like he just can't ever be normal. Like, shout out to Lynch. I love, I love me a good David Lynch movie. <laughs> you know, I'd be curious. What I'd be like, all right, Lynch. He's always in some creepy shit. Fucking, uh, was it Christopher Nolan got this obsession with time? Yeah. Um, you know, Martin Scorsese. He's just mob movies or like killing, really in general. <laughs> and, I, right. and I love that. That's why I just worked on this movie, like The Killers of Five Moon. I was just like sitting there every day seeing Marty. You know, Leonardo. 
Bob De Niro, you know, I'm just like, these motherfuckers, I've been looking up, like, I talked to him, like, on the last day, I was like, bro, I've went to the whole show just to tell you, like, Goodfellas? I was like, I don't think it ever gets better than that. You know what I'm saying? He's just like, wow. I was like, yeah, that shit is fucking hard. Like, I love that movie. Like, that's one of the greatest movies ever. Yeah, honestly. For real. Um, you know, then, like, Tarantino, he always had this thing for feet. You know, he uh, something like the characters don't <laughs> yeah. get over. You know what I'm saying? And I love it. You know, like, he's my favorite director for sure. Him and, like, uh, Brian De Palma, I would say. I like De Palma. I like De Palma, too. He's a... Uh... His stuff, like his, like his, his like later stuff hasn't been super good, but like yeah. early on, early on, he was going on a run. He was and going on a run. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, and like I have, I have really like I like Tarantino. I have kind of mixed feelings on him these days. I don't, like I've talked about it a couple of times. It's like always strange, but like there's a handful of his joints that I like really, really still love to this day. Yeah. Like um and and you're like i feel like i feel like he's kind of like for people in our age group in like 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 the mid to late 20s to maybe like base basically millennials like basically mm-hmm. like all of us like he's kind of like everybody knows who tarantino is and he just kind of has this like he's like inescapable in good and bad ways but i really love the kill bill movies really uh pulp, pulp fiction is like pulp fiction is a classic um I really love Death Proof, like mm-hmm. which which a lot of people don't talk about often. Like I saw they Grindhouse, they I saw Grindhouse, yeah, for real. I saw Grindhouse in the theater, like when they did it as the double feature. Me and mm-hmm. one of my best friends and my dad went to go see it when the two of um, um me and my boy Spence, shout out to Spence if he's listening. The two of us, we were like 14, 15, 16. and dad took us to the theater to go see it at midnight. Like, like they really did it like an old movie too. It was like mm-hmm. they played Planet Terror, then they did the trailers, and then they played Death Proof right after. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I had never seen anything like that. Like I, I had never like experienced them like that before. So seeing them back to back was that was crazy. My favorite Tarantino movie is it's something I feel like people don't even really think about mentioning is Jackie Brown. Like there you go. That's my favorite yeah. one. My number Jackie. one. Jackie Brown is such a great film. You know, it's based off uh, Leonard Skinner's uh, book, Rum Punch. Uh, And I'm just like, and the idea that what really got me into like Tarantino, I was like, he's the black woman as his lead character in this movie. I'll say, and that right there made me like, I want to put black women as lead characters in my movies. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like that. That's dope to me. And that was, I'm a fan after that. I was like, yeah. Man, Pam, Pam, and it was like Pam, Pam Greer, Greer too. Like yeah. considering her whole career and shit, like exactly. nah, it was perfect. Nah, like, but like, yeah, like I'm, like I'm mad I didn't bring it up before, but like, yeah, um, Jackie Brown is absolutely my favorite Tarantino movie. Like, really underrated. Right, like, really underrated. Yeah, like yeah, like her and Sam Jackson. Just like oh, like the like the opening scene in the airport. Just Boy. like alone, like bro. If I ever <laughs> if I ever do a, uh, a airport scene. What's my Air Force thing gonna look like? Like <laughs> just Jackie her. Brown, bro. I'm already telling. Like, if I ever do an Air Force scene in the movie, it's gonna look like Jackie Brown. Like, my shots are gonna be similar to Jackie Brown shots because I love that scene and I gotta pay homage. <laughs> like in my short film, I definitely play homage to Tarantino and uh, Kobe in it because those are two people that I fuck with tough. You know what I'm saying? Like, as far right, as like man. the dedication from Kobe, you know what I'm saying? Like his relentlessness, like unmatched. And then Tarantino. Just him in film and like how he got in film. Like the guy that got me on this uh, Scorsese film I just did, uh, ironically, 
um, he's a, a gaffer who was always working with for the lights. Uh, his his name's Ian Kikay, and he he's done all of Tarantino's movies besides one. Like he's that's lighting. crazy. Exactly, and this is someone like like we was on a set in this Martin Scorsese movie. Like he's just showing me like Django behind the scenes, Django, uh, all these uh, fucking uh, what's the other one? Oh, damn it, the one with Brad Pitt, Nazis. Oh fucking, yeah, and Gloria and Glorious Bastards. Yeah. Like, I'm looking at all these behind the scenes of that and uh, fucking the last one, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and shit. And I was like, damn, he did a life for all like for all these movies. And he told me a story how they met. He said, well, they met before any of the movie shit. Well, Tarantino was working at a, a movie place, like kind of like a blockbuster or whatever the movie flicks they had out there. Right. And right. Like, he was his movie clerk. Like he was his like he was his movie clerk before he even started making movies. And he said, like, damn, he seen him as a movie clerk. Then like a year later, he ended up seeing him on set. And he was like, Hey, I remember you, you was my movie clerk. And I was like, and they've just been like best of friends ever since. That's so tight. Um, you, um, you mentioned it a few times. So, like, talk to, talk to me about working on the Scorsese movie because that's nuts. Like, man, that was, that was still a surreal moment, man. Just, like, from the camera test. Like, I remember, like, first day we were doing camera tests, you know what I'm saying? We uh, just basically had, like, two big-ass lights, two uh, sky panel S360s. Um, and I, we had a, we had a uh, no, we had a 2 by 8 2 on top like a top light and like these two big uh s360s and it's just like seeing marty come in and the cinematographer which is one of the best cinematographers i learned a lot from on this damn movie and just seeing how he likes shit and seeing how i would want to like shit and seeing like okay he did it like this because we shot everything on film for right. the most part it sounds like the real low light scenes we use the sony venice but like rodrigo perito he did eight mile you know fucking wolf on wall street Mm-hmm. Irish man, shit like that. So I'm like, man, this guy's great. I, like, I didn't even know about him like that until like I worked on this movie. I was like, damn, I liked all the movies he's done. So like, learning from him was great. Um, the people I met, as far as like every department, you know, just people that are world class. Like the props guy, like he gave me stuff like cigarettes and stuff to for my movie that I was working on. He's like, hey, I was like, man, I need something. You know, so he looked like you smoking weed, and you know, he's like, oh, before he had just gave me through a pack of like here, it's like forty of them in there. It's like, shit, <laughs> I was like, all right, damn, that's my guy Matt. Like he's cool as shit. I met a lot of cool people that hope to stay connected with. You know, um, as I you know embark on this film shit for real. Like I got some ideas that I'm definitely finna get off. I'm definitely finna get off. And I, I just like, like before we move on, like how did it happen? Like how did you get in touch with his team to like make that opportunity possible? Uh, you know the universe works in a motherfucking way, bro. Uh, That's facts. So basically, you know, I've, I've been shooting films with my people down here. Like I have a group. I mean, a media group called Devoted Media Group. We've been doing mm-hmm. films for like the last four or five years, and then I met uh, these people uh, out here that on a, a film studio, you know, so I, you know, contact them, or they actually contacted uh, us, well, oh, we like what you're doing, we'll, we'll come stay with a meeting, so I go, uh, we meet with them, you know, talk about stuff, then um, basically they was telling me about the film industry, and, like, how they've been in the film industry, then they eventually introduced me to a gaffer named Steve Mathis, which he's done, like, Moulin Rouge, uh, Black Panther, shit like that, you know, he's right. a lot of credits. Um, so he basically, okay, he started teaching me about lighting because I was like, man, I want to light my films. Like, I see cinematic shit and then I see my shit and I said, I want that 
that feel in my shit, you know what I'm saying, as far as lighting and, you know, having it to really look like it's supposed to. Uh, so he just basically started teaching me about lighting. Then I, beginning of 2021, I did a movie. He hooked me up with this guy named Jacob, which is a cool dude. He's actually on uh, Raising Canaan right now, uh, doing lighting for Raising Canaan. Crazy. Um, the power shit, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah, that's crazy. Um, so he's doing that. And then we did, our, I did my first movie with him, um, learning about lights and shit. It's fucking, this movie called God is Not Dead 4. Like, who knew someone tried to kill God? Um, <laughs> but um, I did that. Then, like, that's when I was like, oh, I'm gonna shoot a film. That's when I learned, like, oh, no, nah, I can do this, you know? Then I ended up, after I finished that in March, I'll start working on my film, getting it together, like, how I'm gonna pay for it and all this shit. Uh, the end, the guy that works with fucking uh, Tarantino gave me a call because Steve had mentioned me to him and they were shooting a movie, Oklahoma, and that they'd been supposed to shoot, but COVID fucked up. And then this happening, they really finna shoot it. And then somebody else gave my number. He called me, hey, you want to do this movie with me? I'm coming out of Oklahoma. With the world. I'm like, yeah, you know, I already knew what it was because everybody in the film industry, Oklahoma, been talking about, yeah, I'm trying to get on this movie. We'll do, this is going to be the movie. And I'm like, whatever, nigga. I'm trying to shoot my I'm like, I'm thinking like, nigga, I'm trying to shoot my own shit. Like, I'm, I'm just one of those people. Like, I'm trying to do my own shit. But then when the opportunity came, I was like, oh, yeah, I can learn even more of that. Let me do this. Yeah, like, it was a no-brainer. Man, it's just beautiful when things work out like that. For real. Like, don't even be looking for shit. And just, God was like, oh, well, this is going to help you do what you're doing. So you need to do this. So I was like, all right, man. Man, and you're here. Like, <laughs> um, I want to get more into that later, but I wanna I wanna take this back to like the very beginning of your fascination with both rap and movies. So, like, what's yeah. the first what's the first movie experience you can remember having? Like, it could be at the theater, it could be at your cousin's house, it could be wherever. Like, uh, I remember going to a movie like when I was sixth grade with a girl for the first time, and you know, I've always been big on movies, so like we went to go see Panic Room. I think Jody mm. and it was just like, and I was just like, I, at that moment, I know, like, I really appreciate movies more than the common person. You know, I was just like, I was just really just happy to see that movie. You know, of course, the girls was cool too; it was good company. But I was really into the movie. I was like, damn, all right, I fuck with this shit. That's a crazy first date movie, bro. Like, what, what, what a movie to take somebody to see. Like, let's get to know each other and it watch. Jodie. I was like, like what's this doing? I was like, I don't know. I was intrigued by it. Jodie Foster did an amazing performance. The guy I ended up working for in Kikei that got me on the Martin Scorsese did Panic Room. No way. That's <laughs> nah. Stop. <laughs> That's crazy. No way, bro. And it's like it's crazy because like these whole I was on this movie for like six months. I just literally just got off this movie last month, and uh, like I worked with so many people that worked with worked on so much shit that I don't love. I'm like, damn, you worked on that too. Like our camp op operator is Scott Sakamoto, which is one of the most revered camp ops and most hard to book because he's on everybody's shit like literally while on that movie i listened to a podcast uh roger deacon's podcast i listened to and like every other cinematographer mentions like yo we, we wanted sam sakamoto but he was busy we wanted sam right. sakamoto, <laughs> scott sakamoto sorry he's busy i was like damn he did like menace to society you would have never known that you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah <laughs> once i found out he did menace to society i was like oh i fuck with you i fuck with you yeah, just yeah, just off the just off the fucking um just off the store scene at the beginning alone, like facts, facts. Shit, facts. <laughs> shit is too tense. Exactly. So you know, it's it's just a great, great six months learning and being able to build connections to you know do this at a higher level because that's my goal is like 
uh, I, I know I can do it at the stuff now. You know, it's, it's, y'all done fucked up and let me know I can do it. Oh, uh, yeah, it's a wrap. Hell yeah. So you said panic. So you said panic room was one of the first memories you have of like being at a movie and kind of like um, enjoying it. Like, and you, I, I know you already kind of, you already kind of started moving in the direction of this next question, but like, but like, was there, was there ever a specific movie like after panic room that like made you fall in love with film even more than you did? Like, where you really like appreciated it as like art as opposed to just entertainment uh, or like good company. Yeah. Um, I would say kill Bill. When I seen Kill Bill, I was like, I was like, hey, 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 hey. I was like, how you do this? I was like, you got this white girl that's trained with these assassins that actually trained with this like ancient monk and shit. I was like, this story is phenomenal. I was like, how you even think of this shit? You know what I'm saying? I was just like, <laughs> and then like the shots, and then like, I mean, I found out recently how they did a lot of the lighting setups. Like I was shown like pictures of the lighting setups. So I was like. Just being the first time seeing that movie now and, and actually getting the whole class on it, like, damn, this is what we did. This is how we did it. Like, even from the blue screen scene, like, that wasn't even their intentions when they wanted to do that scene. Wow. So, like, it's just amazing. Yeah. You, um, you, that's crazy. You have a favorite scene, like, from either of the two movies? Or, or, or we could just limit it to, like, one, if you want to just pick it from the first movie, like. I mean, my my favorite scene on the uh, first one for sure is the uh, is the fighting scene. Like, come on, yeah. it's like a no brainer. It's like, come on, like it just gets really t- intense. And then I like, but in particular, the blue uh, silhouette scene is my favorite. Like, as far as cinematography and lighting, I like, oh, I like that. Like that silhouette, blue screen is like real swift. You know, it's dope. Yeah, no, nah, I love that. And I watch a lot of, uh, you know, like the return of like 36 Chambers and shit like that. So just to seeing him incorporate his own style of that is really cool to me. It's like, damn, like you're not, you did your research. You know, he's really good at doing his research and he just executed really well. And I, I appreciate that for real. You know, that shit is tight. The, um, yeah, if, if I had to pick two favorite scenes, I would say, um, I like I really I really love um the Oren Ishii and Bride fight scene at the end of the first movie a lot like mm-hmm. just it, it's 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 like the like there's a lot of action in it but there's also like not a ton it's just like mm-hmm. a couple of moves and then she like slices her and she's like hey sorry 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 I disrespected you you got this like it's just like that one moment and then of oh, course they fight and then cut the top of her head off like i don't know it's just like really like understated but like fighting and, shit and then at the end she's like oh that really is a uh, uh what'd what she say that really is a what you call a sword i can't think of the name she said hattori hanzo sword hattori hanzo sword she was like oh that's that shit like that's that shit i'm done like yeah yeah nah and uh that and then um uh i want to say i want to say the scene where um oh what's the lady's name with the one eye i can't remember her name Oh, I know you're talking about the blonde girl. Yeah, but the scene where she kills uh, what's his face, um, dude from uh, yeah, right, Bud. Um, what's his face from uh, Reservoir Dogs, Michael Madsen. Mm, Michael, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I don't know why I remember his name, but uh, (laughs) but yeah, (laughs) no, like yeah, no, the scene where she kills Bud is pretty great, and then the scene where uh, the bride takes her other eye with the just pops that shit. Yeah, it's just because she was like, he didn't teach you how to do that. 
Pa, <laughs> give me that uh, bitch. I was like, ooh. I mean, and that then, was just beautiful. Right. And then, of course, the five-point palm exploding heart technique at the end. Yeah, like, just... That whole that that whole scene with Carradine and, her, and and Uma Thurman just doing their thing at the end, just a lot of lot of really like just a lot of really great, like it's like a lot of great moments of stillness in both of those movies. Like he can make one thing I love about Tarantino is like he makes stillness really really tense and like he gives he gives a lot of motion to stillness, which doesn't make any yeah. sense when I say it out loud. But like you see no, it and you get what I mean. Like, yeah, like <laughs> yeah, he can do a lot on just sticks, like. Just having to, but the scene's so intense, you don't care that the, the camera's not moving, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. he makes a great point about the film shit, too. Like, he's like, man, you don't have to know what a 40 mil or 50 mil lens is, or if you, to make a good film, you just got to go make it, you know what I'm saying? Right. That's a real, that's a real thing, because I hear a lot of people, like, oh, I want to make a film with all that shit, just make one, like, right. you know, it's, it is what it is, like, you got to just do it. You know, like, it's that simple. And, like, you know, you look at people like Spike Lee. Like, Spike Lee just started making movies. You know, like, he didn't... I mean, like, I think like I think he had some sort of, like, background in it, but... Really? Like, Most of these niggas, like, 75% of them went to film school. Yeah. Nah, for... I, and I learned that, you know, because I was just on the film, you know, like, it was people that... I was being like, yeah, just graduated film school, you know what I'm saying? Cinematographers that, you know... Uh, I was like, oh, okay. Like, I'm just like... Shh. That's cool. Like you actually went to school for this shit, you know what I'm saying? But it's nothing like being on set. Like actually being on set, fuck the school shit. Just once you get right. on set, you understand more about how to how film works. Nah, yeah. Like experience is the best teacher. Like there's so like I can't think of anybody off the top of my head right now, but there are so many people who just like started making movies mm-hmm. and like had no background in it and they just did it. And like do it. it was like, oh, I can do that. Right. <laughs> Yeah, like they saw they could do it and they knew what they wanted and they just went okay. for it. Mm-hmm. And like and then and then you see people who didn't go to school and just like figured it out on their own teaching master classes and I'm like, "See, that's that that that's that shit right there." Like it's it's really like experience really is the best teacher type shit. Like it's just the best. And that's why I'm ready to shoot my first uh full-length feature film cuz I'm like got all these ideas and I mean, we already got the script and everything. I'm just at the point where I'm uh looking for financing. So I'm just trying to, you know, produce and meet more producers so we can get a raise the capital for. And like, it's just going to be one of those, it'll be like, I know it's going to be a cult classic. You know, it's going to be a cult classic. Like as far as like niggas will go back and they're going to go back and be like, nah, that joint right there, you know what I'm saying? They're going to be like, this is the one. Like just the way I go like Jackie Brown, they're going to be like, nah, this one right here, like. I just got a feeling already, just because of the story. Can you t- can you tell me a little bit of what it's about? Like, do you you don't got to spoil the whole thing, obviously, or you don't have to talk about it at all. But no, it's it's fine. It's uh, it's gonna be um, a film centralized around Black women's health, um, and it's gonna be it's gonna take place in, in a mental institution, you know. So right. it's I'm just wanna with this one when I was like with my writing team, uh, it's about more of a destigmatizing black people in the film and uh the whole mental health thing so if this film was done by white people it would just be about mental health you know what i'm saying but now you know it's black women that's gonna be oh this is but to make all the characters the same color so which people won't even identify that there's a color thing you know what i'm saying that's my whole because like, i want to make sure that you look at the film for what it is and not for what you think it is 
Right. Because, yeah, like, it's, like, it's important for people to realize that, like, Black people are just, like, we're people at the end of the day. And, like, we don't, like, it's just... Like it's just always cool when you can watch something and just kind of and, and just kind of like appreciate it as just like a person. Like exactly. that's that's I appreciate that. I you know, I, my whole thing was I was like the way uh, we can watch like P Valley and be like oh and connected to it. That's the right. way I want to make my film. You know what I'm saying? Like, but in a different manner of context of things. You know, so we right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, I nah, that's hard. I like that a lot like stuff yeah like stuff like that's important um i'm i i was just trying to reach for an example of something like that but um i mean I, actually no 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 i just thought of one like uh jordan peele's us is a movie like that because like because like get out is something that's like extremely rooted in the black experience it's like right. it, like it, it couldn't be it couldn't be more obvious type exactly. shit but like us is like the family it the family is black but mm-hmm. the but the movie itself isn't necessarily about blackness, you know, exactly, like, bro. like exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and, and like, that's what I like, even though, sorry to cut you off, even though, um, like, even though I didn't like it as much as I like Get Out, I appreciate mm-hmm. us so much just, just, just for it destigmatizing, like, like the black film thing, the way it did, like, that's beautiful to me. I like that a lot. Exactly yeah. my <laughs> point. It's like, I feel like if niggas are making a movie, they expect certain shit. And it's like, well, how are you going to expect certain shit when, like, we go through all these emotions and uh, all these people go through different things? It's like, not everybody's story is that story. Granted, right. we probably mastered the storytelling of that one particular story, but the Black film industry has a lot of stories that haven't been told, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're coming out. That's what I like about, like, P-Valley and uh, fucking uh, Zola. Uh, what's that? Uh, Zola, I just seen that movie. Yeah, Zola. Yeah, yeah, Zola. Fucking Twitter. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw Zola yeah, a couple months back. Yeah, a twenty four movie. You know what I'm saying? I was uh-huh. like, okay, I really like this because like it's about stuff that we know. You know, it's not the same. It's not always the same shit, but it's like they presented in the way I was like, okay, I can get with this, and it looks good. It made sense. We just yeah. need more stories or have them told by people that have vision. Yeah, and 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 talent, <laughs> and, and that talent. Now she right about that. <laughs> I can't wait to see. Uh, so people I was working on this movie on, they did a King Richard with uh, Will oh Smith. the Denzel joint. Yeah, that looks crazy. Will Smith with uh, Serena. Venus oh Venus. no, sorry, sorry. I'm thinking about Macbeth with Denzel. My fault. I heard that's gonna be. I heard that's good too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I heard that's good too. But King Richard with Will Smith and the right. Serena story. So I mean, Serena and Venus. So I'm like, I can't wait to see that. That that looks good. That looks real good. Yeah, no, nah, I'm interested. I like. I won't lie. I thought I thought it was weird when I saw Will Smith was playing their dad. I'm like, he's kind of light for that, huh? Like, <laughs> but, you know, Will Will is a, a fucking phenomenal actor, man. Like he is. He is. He did that with uh, six degrees of separation. Uh huh. I was like, okay, he got a different. Like he didn't do a typical role. That's why, I like, when people like, that's why my favorite actor is DiCaprio. Right. And I mean, I just worked with him and like seeing him like in person, as far as like and then on the screen, I was like, nah, this he really is that guy. Like he's that guy when it comes to this acting shit. And he's like, he, 
he can turn into any role, bro. He does. He's not the same character every role. Like, he's yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. You really can't typecast DiCaprio. He'll just he'll can. just do whatever he wants forever. So what you need? You need a scuba diver, DiCaprio. You need a treasure <laughs> hunter, DiCaprio. You need a mob boss, DiCaprio. You know, you like you need a nigga painting on a boat, DiCaprio. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's he's he sees something else, bro. For real. Oh, man. Uh, what's it called? Let's uh, let's jump over to music real quick, cause I'm curious. Like, when did you like, like, what was your relationship like with music growing up, and like, when did you first fall in love with it? Man, it, you know, this is probably like the most basicest shit ever, but it had to be church, bro. It had to be church. Uh, just loving the. Um, I always loved the organ. It's like the organ, just something about it. It's just like, oh, that's. That's that feel. Like if I made music, I wanted to feel like that. You know what I'm saying? So that that had to be my start for sure. Um, and just knowing good music from that, that had to be the root of it. Because I don't really like my uncle is a DJ, so I always got music from him, and you know, picked mm-hmm. up on when he was listening to and playing and stuff too. So that that was a big role because I was always with him in summertime. Um, but yeah, church and my uncle. They 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 really put me on that that music thing and knowing what I like out the gate. <laughs> like I know it. Like right now, like I'm about to work on another album, so like I just put together a playlist that I sent to my uh, producer and the musicians I'm working with because I'm gonna do it in studio uh, with musicians. And it's like, all right, this is where I'm at with it. You know what I'm saying? As far as like sonically, where I want to sit and and it's gonna be heavy piano, like. I want that. I want to take your soul out when you listen to it. You just got to be like, sheesh, like, okay. It's because big. I can't explain it, but I'm going to fucking figure it out. That's tight. I love that. When did you, uh, like, is it more specific? When did you first fall in love with rap? Like, when did that come into you? Like, cause, cause, cause like, cause like you say, cause like you say that like the church story is basic and it like, it's a universal story because like I went True. to church when I was younger and True. like that yeah. and and like and like I'm not really a church going person myself, but gospel mm. music is beautiful. It is. And, and like it's 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 so many people's first bridge into music and then rap usually comes after. So like for you, right. when did you first fall in love with rap? Uh, when I seen Lil Wayne in a video uh, with the big timers uh, project chick. Oh, wow. He got on the Eddie George jersey. He said, uh, I'm a little wheezy, but she's in. He said, I'm a little wheezy, but she's in. I'm out there. He's in, believe me. When I pull up, uh, he said, I pull up in that Rolls Royce, leaving you hoes, boys. I was like, oh, yeah, she be wanting to marry you, nigga. I was like, yeah, I fuck with him. I said, man, I said, I want to do that. I can do that shit on me. I said that's when I first was like, yeah, bro, this is this is it. And I, I, I have mommy bought me an Eddie George George Eddie George jersey after that on me. Damn! <laughs> wow, that's like I yeah, like I, I didn't. Oh, man, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I didn't no, no, know you, I was gonna actually like just be a rapper at that point, but that one was like, okay, it's something. That's my yeah. I get it because um. Cause I remember when I fell in love with Bow Wow and he was wearing, I think it was like a Denver Nuggets jersey or it, it, it was like something in those colors. 
Yeah. I, it, it, it was uh it wasn't the ghetto girls video it was the other one that he put out for beware a dog i can't remember it was like but it was like a specific jersey and a specific it was it was it was it had to have been a nuggets jersey because it was like the yellow blue and white joint and he had like the goddamn uh the headband yeah 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 so um i get it like it, it's 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 like that image and like the little bit of rap in that like just uh like yeah and bro. And yeah, like Wayne and Big Timers, like that's like early shit too. Like <laughs> that's like that's like when he was still a kid shit. So. Exactly, bro. Wow. That shit. Yeah, nah, that shit really was all right. I always loved the big timers. I was like, man, the big timers know what they're doing, man. I was like, and I, you know, I didn't notice this so like like maybe a couple years ago. I was like, man, everybody that I really like grew up really fucking with, like, it's from New uh, New Orleans. Like I always like my one of my first CDs ever was uh Masterpiece No Limit. Mm. Um the one with the tank on it. The gold tank. And I remember yeah, uh we, the classic. Walmart, we bought it from um Walmart and then I got it home. I was like, this shit scratched. I'm like, no, I said something on my CD, this shit scratched. And she was like, <laughs> Oh yeah, it's doing something. Then we took it back. She's like, Oh yeah, this is edited. I was like, Oh no, I want this. And then we like took it back and went to Best Buy and she got me the real one, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Feel it with this scratch shit over here. I'm thinking uh-huh. this my I'm thinking this my Walkman at the time. You know we had Walkmans, so I'm thinking right. Walkman. I was like, nah, this is Walmart. I thought like, we ne- I thought I was like, we never going to Walmart again for you know damn CD. Um, but yeah, like Master P, early influence, and then like uh, Lil Wayne and the Hot Boys. I fuck with right. them big time. Was always like, oh, big time. Was like, you know, they all had the cars and like seeing them on cribs and shit. Then like currency. Is another one that I really fuck with tough. Come you know on, what I'm man. And then like all my family here, like grew up, we all grew up listening to Boosie for sure. Like when Boosie right. and Webby, you know, that was niggas all like that was in my colors and at 16, 17, you know what I'm saying? So like niggas from Louisiana just always had something for for me, I guess. I fuck with Yeah. Them. I mean, I get it. You know, like Louisiana has like a beautiful sound and like yeah. and, and and just like I've been think like maybe like I can't remember exactly when it was, but I've just like been thinking about like that lineage and just like, like looking at Wayne and currency specifically, like seeing the two directions they went off in, like even considering that like Wayne started on, or excuse me, uh, currency started on cash money. And then like, he's like, he just put out, he just put out an incredible project. Like it's like fourth or fifth of the year. Like, and I just um currency is one of my favorites level. too. So like yeah, he's, he's working he's on another one, Jermaine Dupree. I'm like, hell yeah. Like, bro. yeah, man. He, he like he never ever stops. And like there's just something so there's something so beautiful about like his music and just like the New Orleans like feel. I don't know. I, I don't know how to describe it, but like I love that shit too. It it, it really does my heart good. Not real shit. Like, and um what's it called? Um so like as you so like as you kind of get older and start to develop this palette for film and for music, like was there ever like when like was there ever a period of time for you where you or let me rephrase that. Do you remember when you first consciously linked film and music together in your head? Like was there a moment when you realized that the two complemented each other in a crazy way? Yeah. Uh after uh seeing Jackie Brown for like the third or fourth time. Yeah. I was like, uh, whoa. Hmm. I said, I like the way he used the Delphonics in this movie, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was really, it stood out to me. I was like, okay. I said, if I was able to make a movie, the score has to be, 
the score is just for me. The score is just as important as the uh, like the dialogue and like the cuts and the fucking cinematography. It just it, it's gonna set the mood, you know. And that's why on my short film, I scored it with my album. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> um, but um, um, but yeah, I'm I'm actually glad you brought that up. Talk to me. Talk to me about talk to me about the short film because I because I heard the album. Um, but I um, but I haven't seen the movie yet. I've only seen the trailer. <laughs> but yeah, like, yeah. but like, I'm curious because um, I want to know how the two are connected to each other. Like, is this just like the short film is an idea you had and it's scored by the album, or like, do they are they in conversation, or is it like a little more separate? Uh, they're definitely in conversation because I made the album first um, with the idea of like based on my car I drove in high school and it's like a journey <clears throat> of that time. But then I was like, well, I didn't feel like shooting on music videos. I was like, man, I just don't have the energy to shoot on music videos, which mm-hmm. I'll probably end up doing one or two anyway, just because that's what I do. Yeah, uh, like but uh, I was like, well, I'm going to shoot, shoot a short film. And I was thinking about this while I was on my first film anyway. So I was like, man, let's do it. End up doing it in June. Um, it's 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 hand to hand for the simple fact that the, the themes are that I use in my songs are in the movie, you know, like it's based on the movie is based off the album in a way. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and, uh, um, sorry, my brain, <laughs> what's the movie called again? Cause I don't think I remember the title. 328. I. Oh, the movie is called 328. I. Okay. Yeah. Cause the album's called. Okay. Okay. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know. I just try to keep it simple, you know, and it makes it easier. So if, honestly, it's another thing. Like if you like the movie, bam, you're going to like the album because, you like the movie, you're gonna like the score in the movie also, probably. Facts. Yeah. So it's like, and then you were like, oh, what's that song? You might like one, you might like one song on it. It doesn't matter at that point, because it's like you like the film. <laughs> and like, like that, like that relationship right there that you just described is like one of my favorite things about watching a movie. Cause I remember when I was younger and I watched uh Idlewild for the first time, the outcast movie. And I had heard speaker box of love below before that, but, but you know, like for some reason, like it, it like didn't stick or, or at least like the stuff that wasn't the hit singles didn't stick in my brain the way I wanted the way it should have. And then I watched the movie and I'm hearing all the big boy songs and I'm like, these shits are hard. Like, where, where, where are these from? Because, like, the whole time I was waiting for the soundtrack to come out and I listened to the actual soundtrack and I'm like, none of the songs I like are on here. And then I went back to Speaker Box and I was like, oh, they're all here. So, like, mm-hmm. for some reason, that just, like, that just, like, unlocked that in my brain. And I was like, oh. So then I went back and listened to Speaker Box and I'm like, this shit is crazy. Like, why didn't this connect the way it, it, it did before? And, like, that's the beauty of seeing hearing a song in a movie like that like it'll completely recontextualize it for you like exactly. and that's and that's what i'm looking forward to with 328i and like actually watching the movie and shit i can't wait because i know it's a few songs on on there that just like i use them at the like I, we literally wrote it for the song to make so much sense when we play it you know what i'm saying so it's like <laughs> like okay here's the point like you're gonna get it right here you know what i'm saying like and it's just man it was a great experience to shoot that shit like just being able to get that many people together um for one cause is crazy like not too many people for sure not here can get that many people to come work on something like that and it'd be like dot 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 all the way for the 
fully percent, I mean, hundred percent dove into the idea of what we're doing, you know, staying up past like four or five o'clock in the morning for three days straight to yeah. shoot this shit that's in my head. You know, it's just, it's just wild to me. And this is, and this is the first thing you directed on your own, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. I direct and cinematography. Right. Damn. Yeah. Yo. So, like. It's going to be, well, it's going to be good. Damn. I'm excited. Talk. Yeah. Like I'm actually curious now, like what was it like? like as a first time director like making something like this i honestly just felt at home uh when i that day that friday i woke up in the hotel because i was on another movie somewhere in bumfuck oklahoma like two hours away so i drove back to oklahoma city that morning uh fucking hit up the rental house got my camera i needed which i used the alexa mini um, with the uh, Carl Zeiss Compact CP2s uh, because I was doing a, low, a lot of low light shit and those together give you mwah, beautiful shit at, at night time. Yeah. Um, and then I got all my lights and stuff and dove in, man. It just, I don't know. It's like that feeling right there is what I'm like ready for again. All right, I'm ready. Okay. I'm at the point where, like I'm going to build all this shit up to this movie just to get to that point that first day. We can shoot, you know, but this time it's like, all right, I'm be shooting over probably expanding like 30, 40 days. So it's like, all right, it's going to be a different experience with aspect. I haven't shot for myself that like that, you know, shooting five days this week, come back five days next week. And then to we all shoot it all out. So that's going to be a challenge in itself, but I'm, I'm up to it, bro. Like this is what I do. I thrive to be in positions like that just because I'm going to get the vision out. That's my main goal. Get the vision out, get everything I need to give my editor. In which I have the best editor in the world. <laughs> who, who do you who do you work with on the editing? Uh, my homie Corin Sharp. Uh, he uh, he's done all my music videos. Like he's edited all my music videos, and we just got a great combination. He's a director as well, uh, but he's in LA doing a lot of editing for people right now. So it's funny because one of my videos, day ones, uh, we did like 2018, and like. He's got so much work just off that video we did. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's dope. And like, and I don't know, to me, it still kind of feels like the editor is one of the more underappreciated people when it comes to like the filmmaking process. Son. Like people, people, people don't understand. Like <laughs> regular people do not understand. Industry niggas know, like unless yeah. they edit and they stuff, which I don't see how you have time to edit yourself if you're directing and shooting movies all the time. You don't have time to sit in the editing room, but that's why great directors always have an editor that they've been fucking with for the longest. Like they don't really, you don't really. It's like a barber, nigga, or a hairstylist. Right? Like, yeah. You're gonna be the editors like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's like that's a great way to like. I never thought about that before. It really is like a barber, like because like because like because like we've been talking about Scorsese, like Thelma, um, 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 um Thelma Schumacher. Yeah, she's been she's been she like I think she's edited she's edited every Scorsese movie, right? She's got a lot on her plate right now. (laughs) (laughs) We shot we shot three different endings. Damn. (laughs) So I know she's probably going through it with him right now. Yeah, yeah, but but like for people who don't know, um, uh, Thelma, she's edited every single Martin Scorsese movie from the very beginning, and like and like and like and like that goes to Nat's point just about like and uh, like a good editor really is like a good barber like if you try like and like and like i can attest to that too the same woman who <laughs> twisted my hair 
But she's been I, twisting my hair for the last 15 years, son. Like exactly. going on 16. Like, so that's that's a fact. Like <laughs> that's a relationship you do not like you you cherish that relationship like you cherish your uh your intimate relationship. You're just like, hey, mm. nah, we gotta make sure we're good all the time. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, you know, you gotta water that, you gotta check on the children, you gotta exactly. do all that shit. Like <laughs> shout out to Gail, man. Shout out to Gail. <laughs> yeah, for real. Shout out to my nigga Sharp, man. He he one of the coders and the beautiful part, he from my city. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I like. I'm big on like trying to work with people that's from my neck of the woods and like yeah. give us an opportunity to be great because not too many people are giving us opportunities. And like if somebody give me an opportunity to do something, I was like, all right, it's my duty to share this knowledge with the people I uh, commune with in my community. Cause like, damn, it's like, I have to bring people with me because it's not going to flourish or it's not going to grow without that, you know, that watering. Nope. Yeah. It, it always takes a village. Like that's a, that's a cliche, but like that shit is real. Like it's a cliche. Cause it fuck. like, it's a cliche cause it's real. Um, yeah. And you're talking about that. Uh, talk to me a little more about getting with devoted and like how that started and like how they've kind of pushed you forward. In that man, way. Devoted is crazy because like uh, Video Heroes, which my guy, uh, Devoted is like me, Video Hero, Nicole. So Video Hero is like another videographer. Um, Nicole is our writer. Um, like she does all the pen to paper shit for us. Uh, like I was like, oh, like 320 hours, like Nicole got the idea. This is what, this is what it is. She's like, okay, let's do it. Boom, we did it. She, She's great. She's the best writer in the world. Um, and then Ozzy, where she's like an actress, a producer, like she's good, like at like ADN and stuff like that, also. Uh, but uh, so basically, like 2015, we was at our show, you know, video here was like, Yeah, man, you should, you know, act with Udu, you know, like, yeah, I've been thinking about it, you know, acting and you know, doing some stuff. And then I just end up meeting them at a art show, and then we was like, All right, let's do something. We start doing something, and he stopped. <laughs> and, you know, I just been, been like, all right, let's. I've been, I was on the acting side heavy because, like, all right, you know, really can't depend on people like that. So, I was like, well, I don't mind, you know, doing acting stuff. But then, like, as of like the last three years, I've been getting towards behind the camera because I know, like, I, re- I really wanted to be behind the camera anyway. Because uh, yeah. I always did photography. So, I was like, I take my stills and, like, kind of like, I use my stills. Like, oh, that, I might use that in a shot, you know, like a shot for a movie or a show, whatever we do, you know what I'm saying? I just like, pulling from my own work my previous work just to have a fresh opinion um on cinema uh so it just that was just like another natural thing like that right there got me to getting on Mars Scorsese you know what I'm saying if that makes sense yeah no I, that, that that that's the start yeah, like it started the start, there yeah. and it ended or it didn't end there yeah. but like that's like that the, was that's like the I feel like that to here was like a preface Right. Yeah. So now it's oh, chapter one. <laughs> right. Facts. And then, but but it's crazy you say that because like with devoted, like y'all went to the grand opening of Nipsey's store of uh, of the Marathon Clothing Store, which is yeah. and it what like like that's amazing. Like talk to me. Like what was that like? Like going to going there for the first time with What's them. Crazy about that is I was out there in uh, L.A. You know, I was really just on some get my mind right. Uh, about to start a new project because like when I'm about to start a new project I like to just go somewhere and just chill for a little bit yeah and then I was like oh it was like oh Nipsey opened this uh store today uh today it was in the morning I was like oh shit we gotta go so I just pulled up and then like 
it was a big thing. Just like I had my camera, of course. So I was like snapping it up, like do 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 do, you know, and end up taking some great ass uh, photos of Nipsey in this in the celebration. And it's like for him to pass. I was just like, damn, I was meant to be there though. So I was just like, I guess. Right? Did um uh, did you get to meet him? Did you get to talk to him at all? Yeah, I met him and talked to him, chopped it up a little bit, and that that was that was my first time meeting him though. That was crazy. Uh, cause uh, he did 2013, he did uh, the Van Showcase South by Southwest. Oh, and, cool! And I was there, and, you know. I was, you know, I had passes or whatever, so we was all in like the VIP. Uh, cause it's like me and my homies was there, and then like we was all smoking and. Uh, like a homie child pass on the joint. He's like, nah, I'm good. You know, he was like, you know, you know, basically niggas smoke their own shit. And then and he was like, yeah, it respectable. But his homie was like, nah, I'll taste it because we like, nah, we, we, we know we from Oklahoma. But it was like, oh, I was like, nah, nigga, we got gas, nigga. We like this shit from Cali, cause like, nigga, we get bubble, you know. <laughs> so his homie hit. He was like, nah, that is some gas. I said, nah, nigga, we know, nigga, you ain't got to tell us we smoke gas, cause like, already, you know what I'm saying. So we were just chopping it up then, and then. It's just like that. That was a couple of times I interacted with Cuz, and it, I'm just I was just grateful to know him and uh, appreciate him for like motivating me and like shit. The, the whole marathon concept is definitely part of my uh, my whole demeanor in life as well. You know, you don't know when you're gonna be gone, and like this shit, it takes. Yeah, I just appreciate him for the whole for his whole movement. You know, the whole marathon thing. I definitely apply that in my life and my lifestyle. What I do uh, as far as like how, you know, I've been doing this shit for five years. Like it's just the beginning. You know, what yeah, I'm saying? it's just the beginning. And man, I appreciate him for sure. He he uh he was almost like a prophet around this motherfucker for people like us. Like we like okay, niggas is doing more than just the norm. You know, they you can do a lot of things and he. He did the clothing as well. He did music. You know, he had other capital adventures that he was into as well. So I just want to pay my respects to my nigga, man. RP to the load. He's missed for sure. Oh, always. Yeah. It's like, like hit like the impact of his death. I think like we're I think like most people are still processing it, but like I yeah. know like I know like West and out, like from basically from like y'all out to Cali is like it's like, it, like he, he he's a god out there. Like it's it like like it really it like you know, like I wasn't alive. Well, no, I was alive when Tupac passed, but like I was a kid. But like yeah. I think, like this is the closest that I got to seeing what people felt when Tupac passed away, or like when Big passed away. You know, like he was, he was really a giant, and he was like just getting started. So to see that, just like, like I knew it was big. Like my dad was like Nipsey Hussle died. I was like, you know who that is? Like, <laughs> like he saw it on the news. I was like, what? Like so, like that was oof, just a lot, man. Like, and all I like to think about is how, like, when he he said in the song, like, when I go have Stevie uh, Stevie Wonder at my funeral, you know, what yeah. I'm saying? And Stevie Wonder, I was like, ah oh, man, have a nigga in tears with that one, cause yeah, I was like, like, that's, that's wild, man. But man, that's what we is right now. Yeah, man. Yeah, but you know, like you're, but like, but like you're keeping the legacy alive in your own way. Like you started cash out, or excuse me, cash only last year. And you got the and you got the clothes and shit. So like so like you're really you're really carrying on that tradition. And like and like for you, like what's been since you started Cash Only, like what's been the most fulfilling part of having that clothing company on on your side? Something my grandfather told me a long time ago that at the time I was like, nigga, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and he probably can call me to this day. Like uh he always said like 
why don't you just make your own stuff? Because I always bought Jordan's a lot. Like, hella shoe. I'm a shoe person, right? So right, I kept yeah. Or whatever. He's like, why do you keep giving Jordan money? I said, why don't you just make your own shoes? And I was like, nigga, who's going to buy my shoes? Like, what? I'm thinking, like, in my head, like, I'm, at the time I'm looking at them, but I'm thinking, man, like, who's going to buy my shoes? These motherfucking Jordan 3s is fire. I don't know what you're talking about. Right, right. So, you know, and that shit fucking stuff constantly stuck in my head so like when i first started on the music stuff i always like i gotta have my own merch you know what i'm saying gotta have because i want to see ladies in my shit like that's just what it is um and who wouldn't like exactly then i was like okay and cash only was me like promoting the album i'm working on you know and i was like, i'm just gonna make the uh hoodies you know make a logo and be like you know what i'm gonna promote this idea until like people get this idea so much that they were like when the album comes out, like, oh shit, it's an album, you know what I'm saying? Like later on they'll get like it's an album. And right. then it just took off and like people was buying that shit. And I'm like, it's a universal theme. So I wanted to make it where niggas can attach to it. And they just ran with it with the first batch of hoodie. I was like, hmm, all right, let me do this again. So I made more, I kept making more. And I was like, oh shit, all right. And I just start making other shit. And like right now I got fucking five six seven boxes full of shit i'm waiting on fucking um two uh manufacturers of mine to hit me i was supposed to be picking up some shit today like i got a bunch of 328 i shit that's cash only 320 i incorporated so you know we gonna we gonna hit all angles man man that's so hard like <laughs> that that's that's like that's just so like i love i love that it started out as like a thing for another album because like, because like, i remember when we first met last year and you had like just started the rollout for cash out like it it, mm-hmm. it, it, it either you either started it that week or like it had just started it just and, started like like the november before okay like, I was, yeah i was start selling uh hoodies that november and then by the time we got there I had developed some different type of hoodies and you know what I'm saying? I was just like, just really just kind of feeling it out. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So like, so like when we was so like, when we first met, that was maybe like five or four months into, mm-hmm. in, into its lifespan. And just like, you had the shit on, it's like seeing it around and like people talking about it. I was like, wow, like this is, you really like did something with it and like just seeing it flourish the way it has like a year and change later is just like, you really committed to it. And it's, it's happening. Like I'm just uh, proud of you, bro. Man, appreciate it. I just like I was like, well, I didn't. I didn't even. The funniest part, I, like, I didn't mean like. Don't get, get me wrong. I've had other like clothing uh, ideas and stuff. I've been doing since like 2000, like basically 12, 13. But you know, every like you just keep trying shit like to the one that's sticking. This idea just having to stick, and I was like, okay, well, I know how to just keep. And I got a limited designs. Like my designer, I keep. I got designs for next year now, you know what I'm saying? As far as like, yeah. we keep the vault. So whenever I want or feel like I just want to make something, I can just like, all right, I'm going to make this right now. You know what I'm saying? I just got designs. I can make this right now. You know, it's like, it's just something I, I like doing, I guess. Staying busy is something I feel like I like doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you do stay busy. Like, just, it's it's just like so much. It's just like so many things, you know, like, you, you, you know, you got the rap. You got the film shit going. You got the clothing shit going. You got the photography shit going. Like it's it's really just like you know like Grand National is everything. You know exactly. Like, and that's what that's the whole point. It's like man, don't let nobody box you in. Like oh, Grand National rap. Yeah, I do rap, bro. Don't get me wrong. I I love the rap. Yeah, but nigga, I'm coming for your head in multiple ways. Uh, it just rap. Rap is just one of my 
outlets, I suppose. <laughs> right. Not yeah. And like and you're like, um just consi- considering how many different aspects of art you've dipped your feet into, like what would you say is one takeaway about Grand National, the artist that comes through in everything you do? Like regardless. Like if somebody were to like stumble across the music, what would they be able to find in the music they'd be also they'd also be able to find in the clothes or in the uh, photography? Uh genuineness you know uh everything is coming from uh the same place as my creative heart <laughs> you know what i'm saying everything is is pure as far as what are my intentions is when making it um just to express myself in the purest form i can uh yeah that i mean that'd be and you're gonna find one common thing is gonna be quality yeah like everything is gonna be where it, as it should uh, as far as like, and I'll, and no matter photography, fucking um, movie films, music, uh, clothing, I don't compare myself to anybody as far as like uh, I'm my peers, whatever. I'm like, I'm looking like when it comes to like clothing line, I'm looking like Stussy. Like, all right, how can I get my brand on track right there? What do I yeah. need to do? And then as far as music, I'm like, nigga, I'm thinking Kendrick, currency, niggas like that. Like, all right, how can I get my get my uh music in in those circular you know those type of realms you know speaking like that like as far as me producing my uh my albums like i want them to be something that you have to uh pay attention to you just can't be like nah i just ain't no just regular regular shit like this is something that people like um and then same way for films like get my take on that because that's i'm a very 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 visual person so that something i really dive into because like I paid attention a lot to movies as growing up and I always knew I was like nah I can do that shit <laughs> like I can do that shit like given I always tell myself given the right opportune time I'm gonna do that shit really well like I'm gonna do it really well in uh same way with photography I use the photography and uh, film to play off each other honestly right yeah, you know, you, you, you know, like film is photography. Yeah, so, exactly. yeah, like. yeah, all the time, you know, and that's another thing. My next film, I want to shoot in thirty-five mil. You know, right? I think I can do it. Shit, I got a light meter. I know how to use it. <laughs> <laughs> I know how to light a scene. You know what I'm saying? Like these are the basic things that a lot of people don't get taught. Which I've been working with older gentlemen like Scorsese, Perito, Kike, Sakamoto. These are all old guys. I ain't gonna say they're old, but they all got gray hair. You know, they've right. been in the industry 30 years. So it's like a lot of wisdom has, has been flown through me just by being a fly on the wall and just listening and really taking heed to what we're saying. You know, I'm not just loafing when I'm on the set. I'm like, really like thinking the whole time when I'm on this Martin Scorsese movie, like, Nigga, I'm gonna make something that's gonna be like this. Like I'm thinking, like I need a, bit, I want a bigger budget for my next one. You know what I'm saying? I, mm-hmm. I, I put it, wrote it down. Like I got this is the budget I want for my next film. This is how much it'll cost, and this is how much I want. And I want to be able to get certain things as a crane, some crane shots. I'm gonna need some money to do it. So, and I, I can do it, sure. Right. So jumping off all of that, you know, like just like the wisdom and the planning thing, like going into going into like scripting and getting into pre-production on your first full-length feature like like what I mean like you're already kind of hinted at it but like where but like where's your head at when it comes to like going from like working on music videos to making a short film to accompany an album to working on a film set 
to being like, all right, I'm like directing my first full length movie. Like, what's the like, where's your head at right now with that? Um, my head is like, let's do it. Like, my brain is like, let's get it. Let's get it. Let's yeah. like, I, I know you heard uh, Baby Keem and Kendrick. Let's, let's get, get this shit. shit. Let's get <laughs> so that's like that's my brain when I start thinking about my next film. Let's get this shit. Let's get this shit. Top of the morning. Top of the morning. <laughs> Real bro, that's where my brain go because my I'm a I'm a person with like I don't get attached to my projects. So it's like 320 AI in my mind is out the window. You know, right. what I'm saying? it's 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 uh, just graduated high school. And I'm a parent that said, when you turn 18, you're getting the fuck out of my house. <laughs> right. <laughs> really? And I was like, I just, I find it's, it's easier to not get too attached, put your best in it, make sure it's the best quality you can make at that time and letting it be free and growing to letting the people have it. And then it's like, all right, while they having it, you should be always halfway through your next idea. Mm. Right. That's my philosophy. <laughs> yeah, you know, like that's how, like that's how you're able to stay stay as busy as you stay. You know, like it's that's like you can't be you like you can't dwell too much if you want to be as busy as you are. You know, like and 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 like it's tiring because like I get it too. You know, like I like between the podcast and the writing and like all the writing I do for all different people. Uh, less of that now, but I still write for different people. Like, it, uh, like, like I get that. Like, you gotta always just. Like promo is important, but it's just always on to the next one. Like it's it's, yeah, it's always got to be on to the next one. Yeah, like, and that's why you know I've learned you got to have people. You got to got to pay people to if you like if you're busy, you're gonna have to pay people to do certain things because that you're not gonna be able to do like right just like promo stuff and like PR and all that shit. Like having someone on your behalf is always good, <laughs> right? <laughs> because you can move to the next. Like that's why having an editor is great because like you can direct a movie, shoot a movie, and it's like okay after you edit it and you know get the cut you don't really have to spend that much time actually editing you just sit with the editor and talk to the editor and stuff like that but mm-hmm. you know it's 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 a challenge i'm off with a challenge in life right and yeah before uh, um before we move on to this last thing i wanted to ask you about i wanted to give a special shout out to my homegirl amanda who connected me who, 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 who connected me and ronnie on here like like we already knew each other before but like <laughs> like amanda was the person who reached out with the album and like and like, like amanda's my homie from way back so you know like she really you know like she's on her pr shit right now so shout out sh- shout out to bonita for real <laughs> on me she's on vacay right now <laughs> she's like i'm going on vacay i holla at you like give me i was all right <laughs> <laughs> no nah, she deserves it she works she works as hard as anybody i know bro like she she's does. everywhere like damn um but yeah shout out to amanda always and forever but the last thing you know like you know like since we're talking about like you know confiding in other people like whether that's through paying or just through working and trusting people with stuff that you might not necessarily be able to do at a certain time i want to talk about your experience working on fire in little africa which Mm. has been out for maybe a couple of months at this point so like so like talk to me about when you first came into the experience and like what you contributed and like how you feel about the final product and like just just talk to me about fila oh fila was a great experience for sure i remember when like you know the whole idea before we'd even got into studio stuff and tone was all the time like man we're gonna do this project you know this you know and they yeah, was thinking like the honey year coming out i was like yeah that makes sense i was like that, that's a good idea you know what I'm saying they just kept this before the, anything even shook you know what i'm saying i was like okay he said, well, we're going to let you know it's going to be a week. We're going to spend like a week uh, recording. And I was like, I said, bro, let me know. You know, that, them niggas know I'll pull up the Tulsa anytime. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, they and they end up getting it, you know, getting it like they got the thing with Woody Guthrie. I was like, oh shit! I was like, oh y'all really, really trying to do it, you know? So I was like, all right, man. And then like you got that weed, and it was like, oh, yeah, we got uh we got all these journalists coming. I'm like, okay. I say, like, all right. I said, I'm I'm really intrigued at this point, you know? I was like, all right, boy. I say, like, y'all really doing it, you know? I'm inspired, like okay. And I'm I'm thinking like, damn. So I got to do somewhere. I invite journalists. <laughs> That's just me. <laughs> I'm always thinking, like, when someone do some dope, I'm like, all right, I need to step my game up. And, like, this is what I need to do, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a standard now, I'm thinking in my head. Uh, so, uh, you know, I experienced that. We recorded. I met you guys. Like, you, yo. Uh, who else was out there? Uh, uh, Jelani was out there. Um, Jelani, um, yeah. um, um, my, my boy Ogden was out there. On me and so we met all these people. I'm like, okay, this is dope, you know. And then we recorded, and it was just a great experience. Um, being with different artists and seeing everybody's recording style and seeing all these songs being pumped out, and it's just really just bonding on some Oklahoma shit in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which was cool. Like, and uh, the album came out great, you know. We recorded a bunch of songs, the songs that made it, they, they really worked well together. Um, Fucking shout out to Steph, shout out to Tom, St. Dom, Dr. View, you know what I'm saying? These guys were uh, very essential with the uh, on hand making this album right. And my nigga Hakeem Olajuwon did his thing on this album. Oh, you already uh, know. Hakeem went uh, crazy, son. Hey. McCain, you know, Hakeem's on 328i, you know. Uh, I fuck with King. He's hard. Oh, yeah, it was great. It's great album. I love my, my favorite. My favorite song is with Party Flame with Charlie Wilson because yeah anything with charlie wilson bro all right Nas has a song with the car 85 bro and i just love charlie doesn't really do much in there but he said Ooh-ee! and i was like that's all i need to hear <laughs> it's all you need bro i see why i won the grammy nigga. right yeah, charlie wilson saying Ooh-ee on your shit <laughs> right like and, and, and you know like you know, like outside of outside of the history of charlie wilson and the gap band like him being exactly. from there like it's just like it's like, like it's a full circle moment in that way and like that song is just it's just such a vibe like it's just so groovy and right. and shit and like and, and 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 like the thing i love about 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 fila and like getting to experience it kind of accentuated that was just like just like the like the different kinds of music on there like it's every kind of rap you could imagine there's a little bit there's a little bit of r&b and funk on there like it's just a lot of sounds that got compressed down but didn't lose any of that like flavor and 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 like for people who didn't for people who don't know like it wasn't just artists from tulsa it was i mean like nats from okc he's from oklahoma city so like yeah people from all over the state Came oh, down to Tulsa, it, you know. So it was, like, it was, it was the literally the best of the best was there as far as Oklahoma. Anybody that's really making music, rap music, Oklahoma was there, right, you man. Know? You know, and it was beautiful. Um, probably like that. That type of thing is what people always like wish, like they city or like, oh, we should all come together and do some shit like that. But right. we really came together and did it. That's making it really special. <laughs> yeah, for real, this shit was beautiful. And, you know, like, I want to take this time to say, you know, like, shout out, you know, like, shout out to Steph Simon and shout out to First Verse and Hakeem Olajuwon and St. Dominic. And just like, there's so many uh, names I could shout out. Hey, but just Ella, like, fucking MC. Right, I mean, MC I mean, always. Like, I'm like, Chris McCain. Like, I guess the list goes on, bro. Like, yeah, man. These are people that, have been doing stuff like we all been doing stuff and it's good to see Oklahoma just get a little bit of a little bit of some you know the album came out through Motown you know what I'm saying? right so, like, exactly 
That's the type of shit that niggas here is like, nigga, what? Like, regular niggas here was looking at the shit like, hotel? Like, <laughs> Oklahoma? I'm like, I yeah, man, bro. I told y'all niggas, like, niggas, stealth. Hey, them niggas had a, a plan. You know, I'll be telling you, you yeah. got a plan. Like, you want to get something, so you can make that plan. And then just keep that plan in the universe and keep working towards that plan. That plan will, it might not come the way you think it look in your head, but it's going to come. Yeah. Yeah, man. I talked to um 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 I got to talk to um Dr. View and Chris about that um earlier this year for Audio Mac and like just you know like mm-hmm. like I like I can't emphasize enough just like being there to see y'all do it. Like it was really it was really just like such a beautiful experience that I'm so grateful for. Like not even not even just because it was the last thing I did before COVID locked us all in the house for a year. It like was. that was just like that was just like it was just so beautiful to be a part of a community and just like watch a thing come together with like people who really cared about like, not just the music of it, but like the music. And like, there was, there's like a whole bunch of art and film aspects to it. Like, like for anybody listening who isn't familiar, like the Fila experience, like there's a whole thing behind it. And like, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's not too late to go tap in. They got podcasts, they got the album, they got everything going on. So like, tap in with that shit because like Oklahoma's in general like whether it's Tulsa or OKC or wherever like they got it going on down there and I'm like that was like I had been on press trips before but Mm -hmm. like that was the first one where I had been like around something so big and something so like involving so many people and like when I got um yo was the reason that I was down there he recommended me to Chris and they flew me down like I can't thank yo yo. for that yeah always bro that's that portraits yeah for like yo like we just had yeah like like, I just just had them on for rap portraits a while ago like I'm so proud of them like first one with Ponce, I was like, okay, I said I can get behind this. I fuck with this. I said I fuck with this. Yeah, yo, like they, they, like, they really been moving. They got a bunch of them, and um, uh, I don't like, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if this is gonna be out. Like, I don't know if this is coming out around the time that it doesn't matter. Um, I helped, them <laughs> with one. I helped them with one. I don't want to say who it's with yet because I don't know if it's gonna be out. But there's one coming soon that mm-hmm. I helped with. I was more than honored and grateful to help with it. I did the interviews for it. It's gonna be tight. <laughs> um, okay, wait, I hope I get to see that shit. Yeah, nah. I, um, I'm, I'll tell you off. I, I'm, I'll tell you off the recording. But um, it's it's yeah. Like I love everything that Yo and Holland are doing. Rap portraits, like really amazing stuff. Like they're really. It's like, I like it's it's just like it, it doesn't feel like anything else. Like like it doesn't feel like the typical like 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 journalist follows an artist type of thing like it really mm-hmm. feels like its own different thing and yeah. just shout out to them for that like they really like they're getting it out the mud and they like did that themselves so yeah i have nothing but good things to say about rap portraits you gotta respect a person that gets an idea out the mud because like that's the one of the toughest thing to do um getting something out the mud and just figuring it out like just having an idea it's like taking idea from brain to paper or vision board or whatever and to actually making it a 3d thing is like oh okay it makes you feel confident you can do some more things for sure right nah and 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 like that and like that's the beautiful thing about what you got going on because like that's what you did like you did that you've done that like five times over at this point <laughs> like you know you know between the music and the film and the clothing and the photography like i said before it's just like like you've gone through this process so many times and like created something new every time 
it's just like another branch of what you got going on so i guess the last thing i want to ask before we wrap this up is like creating excuse me creating these new ideas like like for someone who's on the cusp of creating something new right now and like they haven't done it yet but they have an idea and they're kind of having doubts and they're like nat what's like what like what should i do what should i do to really like how hard is it to take that plunge like 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 how will i know when i'm ready to take the plunge into doing this thing like what advice would you have for them okay i got five words that i think will get anybody uh past any of that shit you know and that is fuck it i'm gonna die anyways all right I know that's like, right. <laughs> you know I mean, just like, just think about it though. Like, I'm mean, saying, you people are such stress and like, oh, I don't think I'm ready to do this. Uh, I don't know. You know, they're just really like, you know, it might be anxiety for some people or just like not knowing how to start something. But it's like, think about that death shit when you really don't know about life. <laughs> yeah. And then kind of yeah. weigh your options out there. It's like, well, you know, you don't really know when you're going to die. So when you like, you think you like, oh, I can just start this in six months. Like, nigga, who's to say you're going to be here in six months? So always just try to carry out that idea as soon as possible because, you know, it might be your last time. So you might as well. That's just my philosophy, though. I, I mean, I like, that's perfect. Like, like, that's like perspective is so important when it comes to that. And like, right. Just, just like that idea of like ownership, not even, not even in like a material sense, or and I guess like to an extent, but like not in like a, not necessarily in a financial sense, even though that's always tight. But like just yeah. having something that's yours, like you, you know, like speaking as somebody who just like kind of like just made a podcast, like that's you, mine. You know, actually, it's like you probably <laughs> had an idea, you sitting on it, and then you're like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna do it," and then just start doing it. Once you start doing it, you're like, "All right." start getting the groove like, all right well this is how i like to do it over this you know what I'm saying so i'm gonna start doing yeah. this more you know what i'm saying you, you just develop your own style and like right now you and you probably you in your room next thing you know you can be doing it in the fun some office building or something with you know interview interviewing fucking ariana grande or some shit you know yeah, asking, who knows? Her about, like- <laughs> asking her about disney or some shit you know so like that shit happens so fast bro once you put mm-hmm. the work in like the work is the fun part to do, but at the same time, when you do so much of it, it's like you wake up or look up, like, damn, I'm here. All right. Right. You know, like, and, and just like to not get desensitized to it all and like just like remember right. that it's crazy to be here and yeah, to just like have something that's yours that brought you there, you know, like that's, that's really like, it's indescribable to me. Like, yeah. I like, 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 I can't put that into words, but like you, just like having something that's yours and moving that forward and seeing it grow is just like, it's really something, you know? It's like having a kid. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, uh, at least I'd imagine it's like, I, I, I don't have any kids. I don't have any like, kids either. <laughs> I, like, I treat my projects like kids sometimes, you know what I'm saying? It's like, all right. Uh, that was one thing. I love it. And, you know, I, I want to water it and have it grow, you know? And it was, that's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> That shit is precious. Um, I don't got no more questions, but like, bro, thank you so much. This was like, I'm so sorry that everything cut out twice, but like, we had a good, yeah. It was as as intended, man. You know, I don't even be tripping on shit like that because 
if it's supposed to happen, it's supposed to happen. Like, if it was supposed to, we go one take all the way through, it would have happened. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like, just like, like, we've only known each other for a year and like, like, like a year and a half. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know, just like seeing you grow and like even hearing the news that you worked on the Martin Scorsese movie and then seeing like, just like seeing where you go, seeing where mm-hmm. you've gone in such a short time since I've known you has been like, it's just really incredible. And I'm super proud of you, man. Just like, congratulations yeah. on everything you got going on. Like, man, wow. Appreciate it. You know, hopefully next time I'm on this, uh, podcast we're talking about me i just shot a five million dollar film that we wrote you know Come on, <laughs> and, uh, <man. laughs> i'm about to work on a fucking studio film for like 20 million or some shit you know those are the type <laughs> of stories we're gonna be seeing next time we talk yeah you're about to get snatched up by marvel on your fucking chloe no, Zhao going from no. nomad nomad <laughs> no nah, man i could never get snatched up by marvel marvel literally oh, has shit. one movie out of me I'm willing to do one movie. I don't know what it is. I'm not even gonna think I can do it in the next 10 years, maybe 15. I don't know. But they have one movie out of me. It has to be the right, right one. You know what I'm Good. saying? Yeah, no, no, no. Set your set set those terms right now. But like <laughs> but you know, like, like for the time being, like that's all gonna come. I know you got it coming. But for, for now, sure. every Everyone go listen to 328i, go listen to Stack a Dollar, go listen to Cash Only, go check everything out. I'm going to put links like Grand yeah, Nats man, got it going on, son. Like, for real. Check it out, man. We're going we gonna to be here regardless. We're going to be here to the rapture. So y'all about to get my fucking help. You dig? Let's go, son. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Shout out to y'all for making it this far. And shout out to all the black people listening, too, because y'all really impeccable. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and tell a friend to come through next time. One.